0: what's up movie team let's talk movies hosted by Durell with movie pre-sales welcome all right first first I want to say I'm just gonna give a shout out to uh, Worldwide Film Squad uh, that's the Facebook group um, of course this is hosted by Durrell and this is a movie pre-sales company and we do movies uh, as far as pre-sales financing distribution uh, film development basically but I'm your host so anyway I sent out a, a quick message uh, I didn't want to get too far into uh, you know this podcast without having a a couple of people involved so I sent out a message and uh, hopefully we'll have a, a kind of a list of folks who will you know generally pop in every week um, uh, but to get everything off and running we're gonna actually do two podcasts a week so you know so don't get discouraged that you won't hear us Uh, every seven days you can hear us every three days and then every four days but I'm Darrell I'm your host so you may hear some background noise this is our first podcast so we're just doing what we make it do but I I titled this rise of the Black Panther now I wanted to go ahead and get started on this my schedule has been completely (laughs) crazy so a lot of folks know uh, we're helping out film producers we're working on films working on scripts we have uh, the digital marketing company that promotes and um, advertises the markets with social media marketing for films. Uh, we also have um, mentorship um, programs. I mean, there's a lot going on. There's always a lot going on. So it's about seven weeks into the Black Panther, and it's about two years after I heard about it. So I would literally have to go back and get my notes because I was talking to a producer uh, about I would have to say it was like ten weeks ago it was about a month at least a month before the film was about to come out and we were just chatting because his film had just been shot so uh, we were chatting and I was telling him I was like oh the the Black Panther that's gonna do a billion dollars And he was like oh okay and he just like most people most people don't listen to me Uh, I was talking to uh, I remember talking to a friend of mine who's super guy sharp guy and um, when they showed the promo for uh, the Zach Galifianakis movie um, the, the guys in Vegas and it popped up and I know this is like 10 years ago so some of the young people may not even know it but I've been in the film industry for about 30 years at any rate um so it popped up and I was like, wow, that film's gonna do crazy numbers. Um, but it's because of not only understanding the talent, also understanding the uh depth of having a, a good story and a good team behind you. So I was like, Yeah, Black Panther's gonna do a billion dollars. Now I honestly had no idea. It was going to do a billion dollars in seven weeks. Um, I was thinking it was going to take three months to hit a billion, Um, but it has it has hit numbers that have put it on its own. It's in its own playing field, which is great. And uh, I'm excited for, you know, Chadwick Boseman, uh, the, the director I mean there's so many elements to this film that I was like okay in order to really do it justice I didn't want to hop on a podcast without all my notes but I've known about this film for about two years so uh, even a year ago as I was uh, in a meeting I think with HHTV um, uh, who we're also doing some projects on so hopefully they'll hop on here and give some people some advice and uh, let you know about upcoming films that we're working on because we're headed to Atlanta Atlanta's a hot spot We're based out of Los Angeles, but we're also covering Tennessee, Atlanta, and hopefully next year, Miami, as far as film production. At any rate, um, oh, and uh, uh, Gothic Horror just did an incredible, incredible shoot in uh, New Orleans. New Orleans? I hope New Orleans. Uh, But that's going to be a great, great, great film. Um, I don't know if everybody's into thrillers and horror and mystery but they did an incredible job and they're laying out all the footage right now so hopefully i am going to be trying to get them to get on board and talk about some of the um, some of the great things they've done with this film Um, i mean it's only april so you guys won't see it for a little bit but uh, we hope to get you some pre-sales information and maybe interview the cast it's gonna that's gonna be an awesome time but at any rate back to rise of the Black Panther all right so how do we start Uh, let's start with Friday let's start with Friday all right so when I arrived to Los Angeles in 1991 all right so I met Chris Tucker for the first time I think I had been in LA for a week I've been in LA for a week I was performing at the Comedy Store and um We were in the comedy store which is the belly of the beast it was the comedy store is awesome um we were actually in the main room and uh i remember delane pointed him out because he was the he was a road comic who had just come off the road nobody knew anything about chris besides comics and um a road comic is that is the man so delane pointed him out and i went over i was like hey you know how you doing and he saw my set and he gave me some advice Uh, which was hilarious uh, because he if you know Chris Chris is Chris like he's he's who he is so he gave me some advice but he gave it uh, it was hilarious Um, I won't try to imitate him because you know I don't do stand-up anymore Uh, I enjoyed it but uh, everybody's so sensitive these days so I'm just doing a podcast so keep all your sensitive tears and, and, and crying and 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 blaming and whatever look life is hard. Just get over it and get it done and enjoy it, man um, All right, so yeah, people are super sensitive crazy. I stopped doing stand-up at any rate um, All right, so yeah, so I saw Chris and he was like, yeah, do this man, and, you know, don't nah, da. Nah, nah, he gave me some advice and I was like, wow and uh, He he really took me under his wing So I actually got time to spend with him. I spent with him about six weeks A lot of stuff's going on and he was showing me the ropes and uh, just just an incredible friend, great mentor. And um, another guy was incredibly the same was uh, Eddie Griffin. So I've had about five really, really great mentors in the stage performance comedy game. And uh, Chris is definitely one of the the top guys that just uh, took me under his wing. Now, it was before Friday. And so Friday was the first film that I had a chance to kind of uh, get from idea to uh, actually seeing it done and that was like a two-year process in the meantime I was still auditioning and performing and doing my own thing by the time it came out but I also got this urge to start learning about the film industry as far as producing and writing and things like that and that was uh, pushed also a little bit more into me when i got a chance to work with some a-list directors um uh, in, including jim casale who i i, I consider a list um you guys probably don't remember him he was from devo but he started uh doing more television commercials and things like that but he had a, a great eye and he cast me in some things um that were great and also i got a chance to work uh john singleton i uh, got me my sag card um and literally uh, his, his word was the word, uh, cause I was non-union at the time and he was like, make a million. All right. So anyway, <laughs> that's how I got to work with John Singleton. But being on that set, we got the chance to talk about stories, background, um, more African Americans behind the scenes and business, legal, uh, production finance. I mean, it was a plethora of stuff that, that just came out and John is an incredible mentor. And, um, uh, as I said 30 years all right so Friday was an incredible success um, and you have to weigh um, let's start with story all right uh, the conversations that I had from the very beginning uh, as a professional actor at 18 I was doing my first movie and I would sit and have conversations with people And the biggest thing was uh, having um, our stories represented on film, but also represented in an international marketplace. Uh, From the very beginning, uh, there was a huge lack of the international marketplace being a place for, let's just say, black films. And that's just the bottom line honesty of it. Um, As I was growing up, it was a huge deal to go see a black film. Uh, The very first black film that... We ever ha- had the, kind of the um, the opportunity to be to be a part of seeing it with Spike Lee's She's got to have it, and we were too young. Um, I was in I was in high school, and I was we were trying to sneak in, and some adults who knew we who we were were like, "You're not going to see that movie. It's a great movie. When you become an adult, you're gonna you know love it, but uh, you're not seeing it now." Anyway. <clears throat> so I we ended up seeing she's got to have it much much later but um, being that I wasn't involved in film at any standpoint yet I didn't understand the relevance of Spike Lee Uh, later on by the time I got to Hollywood I did and I saw that movie I read the script I read his book I read the production notes everything that I wanted to know about getting into the film industry I started learning it um, once I did my first film which was great balls of fire with Dennis Quaid and Winona Ryder so um, so there's a huge block of, the first part is story, having an international impact. Story, international impact. The second thing is budget and marketing as the studios have systematically for decades relegated African-American led films to US distribution. And, uh, I spent a big chunk of my acting career in Los Angeles and Beverly Hills fighting that, which was fine. Um, I wasn't winning that fight, but at least I was putting, you know, you know, putting my voice on the table. And that's part of the love for the Black Panther. And I say rise to the Black Panther because, um, I, I remember having so many conversations with the studios and pitch sessions and things. And, uh, uh, finally, when I was talking to a producer as he was finishing up, finishing up his film about Black Panther, I was like, "Wow, that's that's going to be an incredible um, opportunity for African American filmmakers uh, around the world uh, because they are going to market it correctly. They have a great director, they have a great story, and they're going to put these things into uh, the mainstream." Uh, like they should be and stop relegating it uh, for this particular film. Now understand that this film is backed by Disney is backed by tons of others, but it's still a huge stepping stone. And that's why six months ago, four months ago, three months ago, people were like, you're you're more excited about Black Panther than you are about your own films. And I'm like, because it is a huge it's been a huge battle for years. Not only have I been involved in this battle, a lot of people have been pushing and fighting, and still keeping their keeping their head above water and having fun. Uh, I gotta say um, that Mr. Damon Wayans was a, a huge, huge, uh, just all around great impact as far as keeping things light. Uh, because if you if you're in Hollywood and you're auditioning and you're getting pimp. Drug dealer, crook, um, pimp, uh, victim—you; these are the things that are you hear uh, auditioning for every day. Uh, at a certain point, you start to go back and go, you know, what? What am I doing this for? And uh, Damon Wayans, <laughs> Damon Wayans Senior—he uh, used to just keep people laughing, like when we'd hang out at the uh, improv. He did the improv mostly and then um, my one of my best friends well, I consider best friends we don't hang out as much anymore but that's not because uh, you know we don't like each other that's because of proximity um, but I have huge respect to Cat Williams uh, Cat Williams pulled me in performing with him before anybody even knew who he was and we just built a great friendship but the people don't even understand how deep that brother is and uh, how how real he is and how um, you know, I won't get into it, but he's, he's a real dude. He's a real dude. And, um, so cat, we were, we would sit and talk, just sit, just grabbing food and talking at at the counter before we would do shows. And you know, we talked about, you know, what did you audition for today? And he's like, pimp, drug dealer, you know, this. And he's like, what did you audition for him? I'm like victim, uh, Jamaican criminal, blah, blah, blah. So you get the point. Um, so most of the african-american led stuff would go uh, us distribution or straight to video and that started changing when people start getting a hold of the numbers and it started with Friday it actually started with um, um, a couple of other brothers before Friday but Fridays kind of put a lot of stuff on the map uh, as far as moving financing and funding um, but I'm gonna let you guys rest for a bit. <laughs> we'll take a little transition and come back. <laughs> Worldwide Film Squad, movie pre-sales, derail your host. We'll be back in two. Alright, we're back. I know you guys are probably thinking this guy's gonna keep talking. Now, understand I've been involved in uh, international film distribution. And uh, I've sat and watched guys who know this industry back and forth talk for 14 hours straight until your eyes glaze over. And they know the numbers. From France to Germany to Japan to London to Kyoto. Um, anywhere <laughs> you can name. They'll tell you how many people walked into that theater and watched, watched the film. Um, so, we actually, we're going to have to do a Hall of Fame. Uh, I want to give a shout out. I'm going to do a shout out Hall of Fame. Um, the guys who did Dahmer, which was my first foray into seeing how, uh, from dollar one to dollar, uh, I won't tell you the numbers cause that movie did tre- tremendous numbers, even though a lot of folks probably don't remember it. Uh, it launched a career for Jeremy Renner. Um, but the guys who did monster, which released their own, um, the guys who did the international movie, um, <clears throat> freddie versus jason <laughs> at any rate so there's a lot there's a tons of uh a great movies uh that people have probably forgotten about that uh people you know cut their teeth on and made great 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 films but also great money got stories out there great action things i mean you, you can even go with you know sylvester stallone wesley snipes and you know the invincibles i mean it's it's just so many great uh, you know, great, great things that people do. We, we love movies. I love movies. So yeah, I could talk about movies and movie financings forever. Um, and, uh, and I love acting in them, but you know, acting is my job and my passion is sharing this information, sharing these stories. So people understand, uh, that your story matters. I mean, that's what movie pre-sales is all about story. Um, You can't have a great movie without stories. And and if you have a great story, you will bring people out of their homes to come and see. And movies are communal. And uh, we're going to get more into that later. So back to the rise of the Black Panther. All right. So um, so this is a weekly podcast. So I'm going to get my notes together and we're just going to chop into the Black Panther. And then, um, in the meantime, we're going to do another episode this week and I'll have to figure out what that episode is about, but I'm going to save the, the rise of the black Panther podcast part two will be a week from today, a week from now. And, uh, hopefully some of my guys who've seen it, uh, some three, four and five times can chime in, um, you know, and, and, you know, talk about what they got from it, just seeing the movie, and uh, we're not just talking to all filmmakers and all producers. We're gonna just talk to film fans and people who just went watch the movies, and and just understand that this podcast is not. It, I'm not that guy. That's like I'm not a separatist. So, if you if you're into all anything, this is probably not the podcast for you. Um, I have best friends from. All over the world people who would take a bullet for me of all different races and all different cultures and literally like there are people who just bled just to give me the information in order to uh, make films make money and provide for myself and literally um, just uh, put me on a completely different mind frame and completely different mind game you know it's great to be employed but it's more incredible to be gainfully employed so once you have a skill set my skill set is movies you know you can you can travel the world and enjoy life like you're supposed to it's my belief and um so so we're not just going to be talking about the black panther i mean there's some other great movies that are coming up uh there's a great movie gothic horror um you know warner brothers has a film coming up called cyborg you know i want to i want to click into that i've always been a cyborg fan um And there's some others coming up. So I'm going to pull the list together, go to the website, go to the Facebook, Worldwide Film Squad. And it's just people who love movies, fans from movies around the world, period. That's it. At any rate. All right. Back to the rise of the Black Panther. All right. So we were talking about story in and digging into, let's say, 1992 Friday, when a lot of that stuff was going on with Friday was the fact that um, Ice Cube, Ice Cube used his own money. All right. So um, I didn't have a relationship with Ice Cube and but I I was in Los Angeles, which is huge. But there's basically there's there's Beverly Hills adjacent and there's Death Row that was down there ice cube basically we people hung out in Beverly Hills and Beverly Hills adjacent because there was always great food and a lot of great stuff and they could afford it but uh, through different circles uh, a lot of people had a lot of love for ice cube I didn't, I never knew him personally I ran into him at the movies I was like hey bro you do great work period that's it uh, I don't try to bombard people you know when I see him and uh, you know he was nice and cool and he went in the movie with his wife now um ice cube understood though the impact like that brother was on a level that um when you come from the when you come from the real uh which i consider myself the same um uh, i was dealing with nbc universal on a film project and they read the script and they looked at me and they was like how did you this kid from beverly hills write this deep gritty script and i was like you guys do know I'm not, I wasn't born in Beverly Hills and they were like, Nope, we didn't know that. And so at any rate, um, I grew up in the number two per capita murder city of the world. Now, I don't say that, um, jokingly or just to shock anybody, but it was a hard city and and there's a lot of hard cities. Um, but coming up in my neighborhood, which is North Memphis, uh, Tennessee, we didn't we didn't deal with actors and, and movie stars and like that wasn't life. That wasn't like a normal life. Nobody was like, that's what I'm going to be one day. Uh, po- folks were just trying not to get shot. They were trying to just uh, s- stay above ground. They were trying to um, just not get buried in the the just the lack, the lack of opportunity, the lack of um, that came from poverty. I think a couple of guys just signed in. Um, so there was a lack of a lot of things and you had to grind to get yourself above that and so I was very fortunate we just did um, uh, uh, we just did a funeral about one of the guys that impacted my life like huge uh, in a huge way and um, he passed away and a lot of folks were talking about uh, the grit he had so that grit translates when you get to wherever you're going so there's a lot of cats in Memphis well, from memphis in los angeles uh actually around the world you know uh however they got there they got the same hustle they have the same grit and they get they get it done i won't i won't curse uh i don't know who's listening to this podcast but they have the grit to get it done and so uh, ice cube was a man of grit a man of integrity a man of just hey I'm, I'm gonna do this i'm gonna make it happen he used his own money and uh he got that thing shot uh he he saw chris i think at the def jam audition uh but there were a couple other folks who saw chris um quentin tarantino who grabbed him um i mean folks grabbed chris for like six films in a row uh by the time friday came out and did the numbers that it did chris had already finished at least four films and and i think when i finally caught back up to him he was um he was putting together money talks and we were talking about um comedy show um, maybe not. I don't know. It's, I think he was getting ready to do money talks. At any rate, um, Chris did his thing, but I do want to give props to Ice Cube who pulled together the money to get it done. And, um, it's been so long, I don't know the exact numbers, but I know to, to have a profitable win for Hollywood, you want to do three times the budget. Well, um, Friday is well beyond three times budget period like it like it, it's probably if anybody's done the numbers math wise it could be 30 40 75 times and uh, and it's a cultural staple and uh, there's a lot of films that have done that uh, black white Indian um, you know um, uh, there was a film in the Philippines that did phenomenal numbers phenomenal um, so it's, it's there are films that Do that. But the grit comes from a a director writer who says, you know what, I'm going to make this happen. And and that includes Sylvester Stallone. You know, Uh, I was learning about these guys and meeting these guys in Hollywood. So I was seeing this stuff in action. So uh, the Black Panther. I didn't get a chance to I I didn't hang out with Chadwick. I didn't hang out with the 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 folks. I mean, the director who did Creed, uh, I had no relationship with him. The people I was doing films with are uh, on a different side, uh, based on like the production companies that you work with. Um, So I had only heard about the numbers and and the different things he was doing, which is great. So I'm going to pull all that information together because I want to do it. I wanted to to do it justice, and I definitely want to bring in some folks who know this industry and know this business, and also some fans who who just love films. Okay, so that's where we're at. but i wanted to at least get this out there and start talking about films because we got a lot of films coming up um i was on a, an hour production meeting today uh, there's four films on deck and you know i am so busy that the easiest way to share information do a podcast so welcome to podcast number one we are in the building I'm gonna do as many of these as I can for as long as I can until we can find you guys an actual host. So I don't know if this is 52 episodes, I don't know if this is 505 episodes, but I am replaceable. Trust me, we have seven films to complete on one platform. Um, I have two uh, projects that I have to do personally, and I have a group of people that I mentor on business, and business skills um, so my schedule is crazy and um, I got two other films that need to be written and uh, we go into production on two this year uh, besides one that was already shot so good luck me trying me trying to do all of this by myself so we're looking for hosts uh, for the movie pre-sales podcast and uh, sure be sure to send us an email hop on in here Send us a 15 to 30 second clip. We don't want I don't want to I don't want to listen to you read a tale of two cities. Um, but feel free to submit your your, you know, your tape or a little bit of bio info. And uh, we're not doing union rates for podcasts, folks. Uh, it's experience. Uh, you do get paid. Nobody ever works for free. And, um, you know, we wouldn't even allow them to. Uh Never, never ask a black man to work for free, ever. That's just my personal voice. That's my personal voice. All right. Um, so you can agree with that, or you don't have to. I just say, you know, people approach me all the time wanting being to do free uh, motivational speeches, free workshops, free. We don't do free, guys. Just um, I'm a union producer, union actor, professional stand-up comedian, still professional. Uh, And I write movie scripts that have been finalists in film festivals and so on and so forth. So uh, that's for any uh, high ticket multimillionaire or industry person you meet. Uh, Just sharing. Be very careful asking people to work for free. Um, It's just disrespectful, guys. Anyway, that's just my two cents. Uh, I'm not going to hold you guys up too much longer. Uh, We're going to do Rise of the Black Panther Part 2, where um, I'm going to share a little bit about the movie. Go back and get my notes so I can tell you what I have as far as the director and um, the actors and and do it justice. And then we're going to move on just to normal stuff. I mean, the Black Panther is a great uh, stepping stone, uh, but we got work to do. And really, we just love films. So, I, I love I love um, Chadwick Boseman just as much as I love Audrey Hepburn, you know. And I love Audrey Hepburn just as much as I love Denzel Washington. And Denzel Washington, I love just as much as oh, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Wow. At any rate, folks, I hope you guys have a great evening. I'm not going to delve into too much else. Um, look us up. Uh, the email address for right now, if you want to submit and find out more about what we're doing, is production.tennessee at gmail.com. That is the production house, a movie pre sales company. Welcome to movie pre sales. I'm your host, Darrell. Have a great night, and uh, we'll dig in this next week. All right. All right. All right. Make sure you join us. Uh, For episode number two, which will be coming in about four days, but that'll actually be a different subject matter. And we're going to hit this as episode number three, uh, the follow up to Rise of the Black Panther. You guys have a great night. Have a safe night. Peace out.